0: Hello and welcome to Bisquick. I'm Corey. I'm Julie. And I don't know why we're so close to the microphones. (laughs) I don't know (laughs) why we are either.
1: I bet this is going to sound really good though.
0: Probably. Anyway, uh, welcome to the show everybody. We've got Tim Fitzpatrick on. He is a marketing consultant. He is the owner of Rialto Marketing, I'm pretty sure I said that correctly, Um, and he is just all about marketing and and works with people to improve their businesses, he is out of Highlands Ranch, Colorado, that's the Denver metropolitan area, Um, and we're going to talk about marketing, Uh, we're going to talk about making mistakes as business owners, we're going to talk about all sorts of stuff, but before we bring Tim on, Julie. Yeah. What is the biggest mistake you've ever made as an entrepreneur? Ooh. <laughs> I can only pick one. Just one. The biggest one.
1: Um, I think the biggest one is that when we started SB Pace, it didn't occur to me that we needed to focus on sales. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that seems so dumb now, so dumb. But yeah. How about you? What's the biggest mistake you've made as an entrepreneur? Wait, have you made a mistake?
0: I have. Um, Please don't. It's, it's
1: not who you picked as your business partner, is it? No. Okay. And it, it has
0: nothing to do with SB Pace because I'm uh, perfect in all ways when it comes to SB Pace. That's so true. Not really. But um, I can say currently right now the most um, the, the most uh, fresh one is trying to open up a restaurant in the middle of a pandemic. Uh that probably I probably could have waited, um, for things to kind of die down a little bit, uh, get a little bit, uh, a little bit more steady. Um,
1: That's interesting. Can I can I give some thought, thoughts on that? Sure. I actually feel like there's a distinct advantage to when you started to work on Cabo. First off, I will say this: that, um, you know, I, I know that you love being a part of SB Pace and Certivium and you love the podcast and the radio show and all those things. But your love of those things is minuscule compared to your love of being in a restaurant, right? You are just, you You love restaurants. It's really passionate about it. And so when you're that passionate about something, I don't think there's a wrong time to start it. And I'm. let me finish. Yeah. Yeah, I know you're chomping at the bit to say something. I will also say this. That I think that starting it when you did is it gives you a couple of really big advantages. The first one is this it's building a lot of like resiliency and tenacity because you've had to work through a lot of problems that you probably could have avoided had you started it, you know, much, much later. But The working through those problems is going to make everything else like seem so much easier and and your problem solving skills are getting better by the minute, even though you're already good at problem solving. But I just think that I think there's I think there's advantages to starting it when you did. And I I don't think it was a mistake at all.
0: Okay, um, Can
1: I say one more thing? Sure. I also think that part of the reason it was a benefit is those delays that are occurring as much as they suck and you hate them. They're actually a little bit beneficial on the other side, on the Pace side, because it's giving us more time to prepare to figure out how we're going to run this business while you've got this restaurant starting.
0: Sure, but um, well, one, uh, I don't, um, I don't think that I needed to take on this project to uh, help build up my resiliency and my tenacity. Um, probably could have done without that. I've, I've worked pretty hard and, and had to deal with a lot of shit in, in my professional career, uh, to where I feel like this was just kind of overkill. <laughs> like I've kind of, I've been through some shit. I don't think that, uh, um, you know, I needed to really test myself anymore, but, uh, I mean, the, the, uh, started working on this in the summer of 2019, well before anybody knew that the world was going to implode. And the only reason why we really moved forward with it was the the landlords were just going crazy to get us into this space and they gave us a deal that was pretty pretty hard to turn down mm-hmm. um and so w- if we had if we did not have that deal in place right now we would not be opening anytime soon um because they're they, they gave us just, I mean, it was a great deal. We couldn't turn it down. And I mean, when it comes to financing right now, especially for a restaurant, that's next to impossible for, so finding the money to open up a restaurant right now, if they hadn't thrown the deal at us that they threw at us probably wouldn't have happened. Uh, not to say that um, it couldn't have happened. It's just unlikely. I would have been less because uh, all of last summer, all of, of, of well, not even, I guess, I guess it was all of 2020 because yeah, um, I had a... A lease in my hands in February of 2020, and I was like, "Let me hold on to this." And they they kept pushing. They're like, "Well, you signed an LOI," and I was like, "Well, that's worthless, um, <laughs> not legally binding at all to anything." And um, you know, and it took us a year of conversations and negotiations and all of that to get the lease signed. So we signed in April of 2021, and it's going to be. Probably close, almost April of 2022 before we get the restaurant open. So this is, I mean, almost looking at three years just to get this one store open because we started in May of 2019. It's crazy. Yeah,
1: that's crazy. All right, you're right. It was your biggest mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I don't. I, I stand by it. What it's, I say. it's
0: gonna it's gonna work out. I have no no doubt in. The brand or the restaurant or uh, just being successful with that it's just the, the timing was was not ideal for everything to happen it's gonna work out we're gonna make it work it's gonna be fine it's gonna be successful but um it would have been nice to not uh, you know open up when like the liquor stores are empty
1: that's gotta be the biggest
0: the scariest part <laughs> right
1: now like i mean you know all those margaritas, how are you going to make them?
0: With uh, whatever tequila we can get our hands on. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. So you're either going to be drinking really expensive margaritas or probably really shitty ones.
1: Oh, that doesn't sound good at all.
0: No, nah, but we'll make them good even with the crappy tequila.
1: Yeah. I but, got a bunch of tequila at my house. I can and, borrow it to you.
0: Oh yeah, that'll last like 30 minutes. Oh, um, well, um, you know, that's Appreciate something. it. You can borrow it to us, though. That doesn't make sense, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, the like uh, the... I, th- I think that's that, but um, yeah, I don't know. I mean it's uh, it, it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be fun and the the one thing that I'm gonna throw out there when it comes to um, mixing drinks, making cocktails, uh, if you're going to mix liquor into anything other than soda water or possibly tonic stuff that, that like uh, something that doesn't have a lot of flavor, if you're going to be mixing it with anything, you don't want to use expensive liquor. You're just wasting your money. People are like, "Oh, let me get that Patron or which isn't even that good or Patron's expensive." Not that good, yeah. But, you know, they they pick something Don Julio. Yeah, let me get the Don Julio 1800. No, you do not want to mix that with anything. You want to drink that on the rocks, maybe a little bit of water. That's about it. Um so you're just ruining it if you're trying to mix it with anything. So, if you're going to mix if you're going to make a margarita, you don't want to go with the bottom shelf, the absolute bottom shelf, but maybe just one shelf. You above. want to go with
1: the beef eater?
0: Uh, I don't think they make tequila, but oh. yeah. But you that, is a, that is a brand though, that right? Is. Vodka? Gin. That's a gin. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, uh tequila if you're going tequila you don't want aristocrat tequila in a margarita that's terrible but you aristocrat know. tequila sounds terrible it's regardless. awful <laughs> yes all right well um enough of that we uh need to bring tim on and get this show on the road so we'll be back after this message from Tivium. With so many things competing for our attention these days, efficiently acquiring and retaining customers is critical for small businesses. And that's why we launched Certivium, the newest business from the SB Pace team. Certivium is a business created specifically for entrepreneurs who need a hand with customer service, customer engagement, and social media management. We are an affordable option that any small business looking to grow needs to help maintain the most important part of their business, their customers. Find out if Certivium is right for your business at certivium.com. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We've got Tim Fitzpatrick on and we are going to jump into possibly continuing the conversation about biggest mistakes as entrepreneurs and talk about marketing. How are you doing today, Tim?
2: I am doing fantastic. Thanks for having me, Corey and Julie.
0: Thanks for being on the show. We are looking forward to the conversation and um, we already stole something from your pod match or pod booker profile where we are, where we got you, where you're talking about your yep. marketing fundamentals. And we're like, Ooh, that's what we need to use that word fundamental in what we do. So yeah, thank you.
1: <laughs> exactly. You already paid for yourself. You already paid.
0: <laughs> for okay, <yourself>. cool. <laughs> I love
1: it. So tell us a little bit about your business and what it is you do and who you help.
2: Yeah. So my, my company, Rialto Marketing, uh, marketing coach and consultant. So we primarily work with B2B service-based businesses, consultants, professional service firms. What what I find when it comes to marketing is there's so many people that are just battling information overload. And as a result, they have no idea what that next step should be from a marketing standpoint to get where they want to go. And so what we do is we help them create, implement, and manage a marketing plan to communicate the right message to the right people. So to me, marketing is all about getting the fundamentals in place, having a plan, and then working that plan. And so that's what we help people do is get those fundamentals in place, get a plan in place, and then we can help them manage the plan on an ongoing basis.
0: What are those fundamentals? Let's dive into that.
2: Sure, I, so I call them the marketing strategy trilogy. <clears throat> First is your target market. Who are you going to serve? How are you going to serve those people within your target market? Not everybody is a good fit. You need to understand who your ideal clients are within that target market. Once you understand who those people are, then you can start to figure out where they are, like online, offline. And you can start to enter the conversation that they're having in their head as it relates to what you do. And then and only then, can you go to the second step which is your messaging how do you communicate your value and what you do and so many people make it we try to get cute and clever and that falls flat cuz we confuse people and if we confuse people we lose them and then the third part of the of the trilogy is your plan what's your plan how are you going to get that message in front of those people you have to have those three things in place they lay the foundation for you to build the rest of your marketing house from So many people skip them and then they waste time, they waste money, and they wonder why things aren't working.
1: So we're in your um, marketing strategy or your trilogy. That's what you call it, a marketing strategy trilogy? Yeah, that's
2: what I call it. Call it whatever you want. It's the fundamentals.
1: The fundamentals. Um, What role does paid marketing or paid advertising have in what you do?
2: It can be part of the plan. Right. I look at I when I look at marketing, I look at the various channels and then within those channels there. I mean, there's so many marketing tactics today. You know, when I the first business that I was a partner in was a wholesale distribution company. And this was in the mid 90s. Websites at that point were like informational brochures. There was no such thing as social media marketing. The marketing channels that were out there were few. Now, you know, you've got your website and SEO and paid ads and social media, content marketing, right? And then within those, there's all the tactics. So when you look at, I just look at paid ads as a marketing channel. And then within paid ads, there are a number of tactics, right? It could be paid social. It could be Google ads, you know, retargeting. And there's all kinds of stuff. When I look at planning, I... You don't have to be in every channel to be successful, right? There are plenty of people that have built businesses on one or two marketing channels and they're incredibly successful. When I look at the tactics and the channels that people are going to use, I look at where they're at, what they want to accomplish, what business they're in, and what the, what kind of budget and resources they have. And so I'm very tactic and channel agnostic because that's not how i make money i don't make money by being an seo person or being a social media management person i make money helping people put the fundamentals in place and creating the plan
0: and managing it i
2: just want to put what is best for them in that plan
0: so with that planning with the the strategy where do you um come in because marketing and tracking the effectiveness of marketing is hard to do. So, uh, I'm big on numbers. I'm big on yep. just, uh, a benchmarking and understanding, uh, how, the impact that you're, you know, whatever you're doing has to your business. Cause a lot of people say, Oh, I want to do some marketing. I'm going to throw 500 bucks at online ads, or I'm going to hire somebody to manage my social media, but without a plan and without knowing where you are, like you can't really tell if it's effective. So how does, how does how do I know if if we hired you, how do I know that you're worth the money?
2: One of the elements in our plan are the metrics. What metrics are you going to track? So you touched on it, Corey. One of the common issues that we see is people come to us and they're like, yeah, I'm spending money on marketing, but I don't know whether it's working, you know? And that happens. Because they are not tracking the appropriate metrics. And honestly, in a lot of cases, it's not their fault. They're maybe they're working with an SEO person or you know, a content person or what whoever it may be, and they're they are they are provided numbers that don't mean a damn thing. Like, I don't care how many people are visiting your website. Okay. What I do care about is how many of those people that visited your website became leads that then became customers. That's what matters. There's so many vanity metrics when it comes to marketing. We need to be able to cut through the noise and really focus on those metrics that mean something. So I'll give, you, I'll give your listeners some really quick tips on, on metrics because most people aren't tracking metrics. If they are, they're not tracking the right ones. I think the easiest place to start is one, how many leads you're generating each month. You need to determine for your business what a lead actually means. So what threshold do I have to hit to be called a lead? But once you have that, then I want you to track how many leads you get each month. Second thing is I want you to track the lead source. Where did those leads come from? When you track where they came from, now you can start to go back and go, hey, we got, you know, we got 20 leads last month from referral. Great, something's working well with referral. Or we got five leads last month through social media. Awesome, we're doing something right on social media. Then the last thing I want you to track is how many of those leads convert to customers. That tells you how many many leads you need to get to get a new customer. Those three metrics are the easiest place to start.
1: Yeah, I think so many people confuse being active on social media as a marketing (laughs) strategy, right? Like creating reels is not a marketing strategy. That's an engagement strategy. Um, It's not a, and it's, and it does to some degree help to build brand awareness, but it's not a marketing strategy. And I also, one of the things that I see with our customers, our clients a lot is that there are so many different tentacles to marketing. There's so many channels that yep. people become overwhelmed and then they just start doing the wrong things or perhaps doing nothing at all because it's almost like, you know, that, what is it called? Analysis paralysis. Yes. No is? Yep. Yes. And that's, that happens to our clients a lot, especially clients who are older and they're like, what, why, what, where do I need to be? It's crazy.
2: That's where Julie, I think the planning process is so important when, if we don't have a plan, we don't know what our priorities are. And then it is so easy to just get distracted in the absence of a plan, like anything looks like an opportunity. So, you know, next week when, you know, the latest guru says, I got to be on clubhouse or TikTok or where whatever, if I don't have a plan and my priorities clearly in my head, it's very easy to just go, oh yeah, let me try that. Right. And we just, Without a plan, you're just throwing stuff up against a wall hoping something's going to stick, and it's just not it, – you're never going to get consistent, repeatable results.
0: How do you, how do your plans work with people who might be uh, incapable or resistant to uh, using mediums for uh, – for instance, social media. I don't have any personal social media, and I have yep. this mental block of actually – using social media. So I, I help create content, but that's because we have this content calendar and I check it every Sunday and I make my content for the week basically. And that's, that's how, that's my contribution to social media. Um, but like the, I just have this mental block and just no desire to go on there and like interact with people or have conversations outside of, you know, so, um, how, like, do you cater your, the, the plans to fit the needs of whoever's going to be managing it? Or do you try and coach them into, Hey, you're going to have to just learn how to do this.
2: I'm certainly going to tell them what I think is best, but the plans are always going to be catered to the individual client, right? We can't take planning and and use like a one size fits all mentality. It's just not going to work effectively, so, you know, like in your case, Corey, hey, th- you're not the only one. Frankly, I don't, I can't stand social media. I think it is a huge time suck. Do I use it for my business? Yes. Do I use it personally? Almost never. Um, if I tell you, like, I love video. All of our content, it starts with video and then it gets repurposed into all of our other content. There's huge leverage there. So I'm a huge proponent of video. But if I say to you, hey, man, I really think you should do video. And you're like, Tim, I, no, it is not me. It is not going to work for me. Then that's totally fine, right? Because if I try and force that on you, is it, are you going to do a great job? No, you're not. You're, you're going to hate it. You're not going to do it consistently. It's just not going to work. So the, any tactic can work. It's the, the fundamentals are the fuel behind the tactic that make them work. So if one channel or one particular tactic is not a good fit for you, no problem. Let's find something else that's going to work, that resonates with you. Because if it does resonate with you, then you're going to do it that much better and that much more consistently. So that's my opinion.
0: Yeah, it, it's funny. So I'm, I'm dealing with that that issue um, on a different level uh, with a different business right now and, and my partner in that business who has social media and and knows That's how weird. all this stuff, he refuses to do reels. He refuses to do videos. And I just think it's hilarious. And I've just given up on even really asking him to do anything. Because <laughs> I'm just like, and it's I think it's just hilarious because I'm like, I, I so now the guy who doesn't have social media is the one who's creating videos and the reels and all of this stuff for that business. But whatever.
1: Yeah, you have to kind of, you know, when... <laughs> That is a, um, an interesting conundrum, but for, for just, you know, clients in general for us. And I think people in general really understanding like, where does it, where do you get the biggest bang for your buck? And, and I don't mean literally like paying for, but like, where are the most people that you're trying to talk to hanging out? Right. Like there's, it's to think that you need to be on You know, Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and LinkedIn and Pinterest and YouTube, and then go hang out on Clubhouse and then use the Wisdom app and like all these other like things. It's just, it's nonsense and nobody has time for that. So you have to figure out what is the strategy and where does it make the most sense for us to be and what type of content is going to not only play best for uh, our ideal customers, our ideal clients, but also benefit us the most on the platform that we're going after. Right. So yep. as an example, I really despise long form content on any platform, but primarily I'm talking about Facebook and LinkedIn right now. Cause it's really yep. the only platforms we can really, you know, write long form, but Facebook rewards you so heavily for writing long form content because as a user, when you're scrolling and if something captures your attention and you take the 30 seconds to read it or the minute or whatever it is, the person who published that gets rewarded by, oh my gosh, look at They're able to stop people and and stop them from scrolling for more than 15 seconds. So we're going to present that content to so many other people. So when you do long form and people read it, if just a few people read it, like literally it gets presented to hundreds more.
0: I just think it's sad that 30 seconds is considered long form. Isn't that? Yeah. That's just sad.
1: Yeah. That's, (laughs) That's true though.
0: Yeah, it's
2: I you know you, you just have to find those channels and tactics that that resonate with you that are also going to be effective for your ideal clients. Yeah. You know, you have to have those two things because if you don't, uh, one, if it's not getting in front of your ideal clients, you're going to attract the wrong types of people. But if it's not something that works for you that that resonates with, you know, your thought process and things you enjoy, then you're not going to do it consistently. You're going to hate it. And we all avoid things that we hate.
1: Yes, we do. Um, I, I'm i curious when somebody is, what sort of symptoms or pain, what pain would somebody be feeling to know like, oh, Tim is the type of, Tim's the guy I need to go make a phone call to, right? What am I experiencing to know that I need your help with marketing?
2: Yeah, so it's, um, it's a number of things, but it's overwhelm, right? It's, you know, you're feeling overwhelmed because you're battling information overload. You, you're investing in marketing, but you're not seeing a return or you're not sure what's working, right? You can't make heads or tails of what you're doing. You're, you're not sure if your marketing message is resonating with people. Like you just don't, you, you don't know what to say. Um, you don't know what the next step should be in your marketing, right? You want to grow but you've hit a roadblock and you don't know what that next right step should be. It all relates to that. It's never, you know, symptomatic like we do not deal with people who are like, "Hey, uh, you know, I'm I want to do I want to do SEO. I want to generate more traffic back to my website." We don't we don't get tactical like that. We manage the implementers and the people that are doing the tactics but it's typically what I can tell you is when people, they usually have a symptom. Like I said, they don't know what the next step should be. We're investing in these different channels and we're not sure which ones are working. Inevitably the root cause of their marketing struggles can be tied back to one of the three fundamentals, at at least one of the three fundamentals that I talked about. And once you get one of those, once you get those things aligned, the tactics inevitably start to work. So for example, I'm posting stuff on Facebook or LinkedIn. Well, if I, and it's not working, you reach out to me say, okay, well, tell me, tell me more about what you're posting. Who are your ideal clients? And I start to see that they don't really understand who their ideal clients are. They're just putting messages out there. Well, it's never going to work, right? They're throwing a line out into the middle of the ocean, just seeing if something hits the line, you know, rather than if I'm fishing for trout and I go to the local, you know, trout farm and stick my line in there, I know exactly what I'm going to catch each and every time. So when we get those, that ideal client in place, that message in place, and then you start to go back to LinkedIn and Facebook, it starts to work better because you know exactly who you're trying to attract and what to say to them.
0: So we're running um, running out of time here, but I'm, I'm going to have one more question for you. And that's um, for small business owners, because uh, as uh, small business owners ourselves, budget is not always, there's not, marketing is not always in the budget. And that's also one of those things that a lot of people feel that they can just do themselves. Like, bah, I can, I can, write my own social media posts. I can get a green screen and my dog and film a commercial for my local car dealership, um, (laughs) which are just awful, but we are all familiar with them. Um, But if I'm, if I don't have the budget or I don't want to spend the money, what is just one thing that I can do to make sure that my time and my money is spent correctly?
2: That's a loaded question, Corey. Excellent. (laughs) In my opinion, outside of the fundamentals okay because look i just feel like if you skip the fundamentals you're going to waste time and money but outside of the fundamentals in my opinion the first place that you need to start is your website because your website is the hub for everything that you do i don't care if you're a hundred percent referral people are not automatically picking up the phone and calling when, you know, somebody says, Hey, you know, Julie says to a friend, Hey, you need to call, you need to talk to Tim. I know he can help you. They are not picking up the phone and calling first. They are going on online, doing some research. What's Tim's website say, does it look like it was built in, you know, 1992 or like, <laughs> is, is it, it does the message there resonate with me? Does it look like he's legit and he's credible if your website is not right, if it doesn't have good messaging, it doesn't have a, a, a clear journey and path that you're trying to lead customers down and a clear call to action, everything you do from a marketing standpoint, whether it is offline or online, is suffering. And you probably don't even know it. So your website, first and foremost, after the fundamentals.
0: I completely agree with you. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not the person who will just pick up a phone. I like to do my research and <clears throat> just a quick example before we close out the show, but um, we were doing some. Uh, we were trying to. Uh, we were pitching um, our services to a client in <laughs> in Ohio, um, and they're roofers. And so we were just doing some some pre work, looking up their competition, just trying to just learn a little bit about the business and the industry. And like the top, their top two or like number two and number three competitors, not their number one competitor, but like their number two and number three competitors didn't even have a website. It's like, how do you in this day and age not have a website? Yeah. But then I guess m- no website's probably better than one that was a shitty one that was built 20 years ago that you haven't updated. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the answer to that.
1: And <laughs> I don't know either. But I, it makes you, I think, not having a website is a credibility issue for your business and an yeah. authority Huge. issue. Right? Yeah, you just Huge. feel like, what, what do you... What could you possibly know? Especially if you're selling anything digitally, right? So if you're a marketing guy and you don't have a website, I'm like, why would we hire this cat? Yeah. I'm
2: not buying from anybody that doesn't have a website. Unless it's Girl Scout
1: cookies, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah, except Girl Scout cookies. Yeah. well, But, you know, still, I mean, it's the Girl Scouts. I mean, they still, the Girl Scouts have a website. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's just like, What do I do if I have a problem? Like I'm going to, I'm going to call the number that they gave me and it's probably going to be disconnected. I mean, at least like, man, everything starts with your website. If you don't, there are plenty of examples, as you pointed out, Corey, of people that have built businesses that don't have a website, that doesn't mean that it's a good idea.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, we got to start wrapping up. So before we go, Tim, is there anything that we can do for you?
2: No, I'm good. I you know I appreciate you having me on and hopefully uh, hopefully your audience gets some value from our conversation.
0: Yes, I think they definitely will. And how can they reach you if they want to get some marketing help?
2: Best place to go is our website which is rialtomarketing.com. I did also put together some some resources on these fundamentals that we started to touch on today. So if they go to rialtomarketing.com forward/ slash bizquick, they'll get some free resources there. They don't even have to opt in. So they can always go there. And then if they get stuck, they need outside eyes, just hit the get a free consult button on our website and be happy to chat.
1: I love love the approach that you just said where they don't even have to sign up. They can get those free resources. We do that all the time on our website too, where it's like, you don't have to give us your email address. You can if you want to, but here's the stuff that's for you. And I think so many people are so quick to like, I want your email address and you can't have anything without it. And it's like, you know, it's just like this paywall that just causes friction immediately for people. Cause it's like, let me see if what you're doing actually adds value and can help me. And if it yeah. can, I will gladly give you my email address, but like, don't harass me until I know for sure that this is something that I'm interested in.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks again, Tim. And thank you to our listeners and everything, including that link will be in our show notes.
1: Yeah. And if you are interested in working with us, you can find out everything you need to know about us on our website, sbpace.com, including all of our free content, which includes courses and some downloadable cheat sheets and one pagers, all of our social, um, whoa, I just, yeah, all of our social links are on there as well. And you can also find a link to our other business called Certivium, and that's under the services section of sbpace.com.
0: And we want to tell you about our radio show. It's called Defeat the Chaos. It's every Thursday at 9 a.m. on the Voice America Business Channel, so tune in. Listen to that, and if you can't tune in at 9 a.m., you can access all of our shows at any time of the day, anywhere in the world, as long as you've got the internet. And don't forget to download and rate this podcast, subscribe, and give us a review. And if you have any topics you want us to cover or if you want to be a guest, head on over to sppace.com.
1: Hey, Corey, defeat the chaos. Is that what time
0: zone? Eastern, right coast. All right. The only one that matters. (laughs) Sorry, Tim.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I just want to make sure, you know, that our listeners know when to tune in to our show. All right. um, We wrote a book. It's an Amazon number one bestseller. It is called Seriously. Now what? A Small Business Guide to Disaster Preparedness. It has a digital download workbook that's actually pretty amazing. And if you've already purchased the book, go back to Amazon and rate it and review us.
0: That's it for today. I'm Corey. And I'm Julie. And this was BizQuick, helping small businesses across America.